Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and if all of this sounds hippie-esque, it totally is! <laughs> Don't you remember the talking donkey? Today, we're talking about what God even wants from us. Marin's here to tell us what we got to do to live a life <laughs> in line with his intentions for the world. But before you stand up and state your case against me, now that catastrophe is imminent, let's welcome in our favorite co-hosts, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. Good day. Well done, Tyler. Guys, I know that you last week got to experience being in this room in person together without me. And now that I'm here, I got to tell you, it is delightful. Yeah, we're all here. I can, <laughs> now I can actually hear the intro intro music <laughs> yeah. and the sound effects. I forgot how much we're that really intro music. It just, it just slaps. Yep. It's not what, they, it's not what the kids say. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Um, Hi guys. Hey, Hi. Barry, how are you? I haven't seen you uh, at work in a while. You, you, you were on vacation or something, weren't I you? I saw you at work yesterday. Well, I mean like, <laughs> yeah, I, according to friends of the pod. Yeah. Well, I had a great little vacation. Liv and I went down to Florida and relaxed and mm-hmm. had a grand old time. It was what, awesome. what do you do when you're down there? Like how, well, how are you, how are the Rodriguez's as vacationers? We struggle. <laughs> <laughs> And I say that because okay. Liv and I just we Wait, just, ease right into that no, one. No, we, we love it. We have a great time, but we just, we have very different vacation styles. Very mm-hmm. different. I like the beach is just not yeah. normally my scene. I want to like climb a mountain and like be dirty and sweaty and like, Liv I don't want to strike me as no, she's more of that. The, the pool beach, you know, relax. So yeah. I, yeah, I compromise by doing a little solo kayaking through a mangrove uh, alligator infested mangrove forest. And that was fun. And what? Wait, there were no alligators in okay. the actual forest that I was in this time, but last this time this is did exactly it, what I've always talked about. Yeah. Dark, uh, wa- dark waters. Yeah. You can't go in the dark waters. If it's <laughs> alligator infested, I w- I'm with Liv. Leave me on the beach. I'm <laughs> yeah. not going anywhere near that. Anyway, it was great. I read a bunch of, I read a lot of books. Oh, I, I, yeah, I read books. I read a book called the secret life of trees guys. It's amazing. Um, tell us about this. Is this like the Ents from Lord of the Rings? Basically, yes. Yes. What? Like in real life, the trees are actually incredible. They communicate with one another. Rabbits and camels? <laughs> they communicate. They share resources with one another. They do better. Like they live way, way, way longer when they're together than when they're by themselves. It's mm. absolutely crazy. I did not know most of these things about trees. Okay. So it's a great book. And I was reading another book, some easy beach reading, a book called collapse about the collapse of civilizations, like the Sumerians and the Mayans and the, <laughs> it was, it's great. It's very <laughs> stimulating for me. So that yeah. is how I do beach vacations. Uh, yeah. Last time I went on vacation with the Rodriguez's Barry's book that he brought to the beach was the consciousness of cephalopods. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that yes. was the book he chose. They're very highly intelligent creatures. Yeah. All right. <laughs> How are you guys? Yeah, Marin, what's new? What's happening? What's going um, on? Let's see. Kids are out of school for the summer. That is wow. what is new. Yes. And so driving. Are they just going to need like babysitters? Um, do my children know <laughs> my daughter is currently babysitting. She yeah. is, uh, our friend, David Cottle. She's watching David's Aww, little boy today. Samuel. So she's currently babysitting. Jaden had his first job interview over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Going to be, uh, bringing, bringing home the donut. Did he wear like a tie? <laughs> no, he did wear a button up <laughs> shirt though. Hey, all right. At the behest of his father. <laughs> Wait, 
Tell us all about this. I need every (laughs) single detail. I don't, I don't want to miss a thing. uh, There's not really a whole lot of details. Um, Mm. My husband has some friends that work at the Dunkin' Donuts near our house. And Mm -hmm. he's like, Hey, my son needs a job. Mm -hmm. And so he came home and said, son, I got you a job. (laughs) (laughs) Time to pull your weight. Jaden. Start practicing that firm handshake. You know, he's driving (laughs) and that insurance is not cheap. So yeah, hopefully soon he'll be bringing home stale donuts and we will be uh, more the merrier. You're adjusting my microphone as I speak and it's the weirdest thing in the world. Tyler I'm just getting has, used to my new uh, technology got, here. He's got this new <laughs> mixing toy thing but it's got like quick access buttons for his sound effects. So yeah. if, if you're a friend of the pod that finds the sound effects insufferable, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing Very yet. trigger happy They're today. so much easier to use now. So. Um, okay, so I was here last weekend when Jed was here. Yes. And Jed was in some kind of mood <laughs> about Jaden not pulling his weight no, up to this no, point. No, that is not true. He is in <laughs> he is in some kind of mood about car insurance. Yeah. Uh, well that was his it. Mood. It was like, hey, I got uh Jaden a job interview. It's like, oh cool. Where at? Dunkin' Donuts. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> Time to get a job. And he's like, yeah, he just doubled my car insurance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I'm tired of him just sitting around. <laughs> yeah. So he's been on summer vacation for all of two days and it's time to go to work. Okay. So do we like, can we talk about where it is or is that like too secret? Where it is? Well, yeah. it, well he hasn't landed it yet. Let's that's wait right. for him right, to, yeah. to actually <laughs> land the job, but that's it. Summer is about to be in full swing. What perks come with? A Dunkin' Donuts job. Other I, than free donuts? I do believe the donuts they can't sell at the end of the day come home with the people. Yeah, okay. So it's, it's, <laughs> that's what I'm wondering. I don't, I don't really care weird. about his perks. I care about your perks. It's oh, all the weird, it's all the weird donuts that nobody wants, like the, yeah, the right. cashew bacon. Right. It's Actually, not my favorite yeah. Boston no. cream or chocolate yeah. glaze. Yeah. Those are gone. <laughs> and so he's working, has, but not yet. So- Prayers up for Jed and for Jaden. <laughs> Jaden, get this job. Desi's working. Yes. When does a marching band start? Like next week or the week after that. Like it's right right around the corner. They don't waste any time. All right. So what's Desi, what's Desi going to do all summer? Just babysit? Like, is she going to? She might get a job elsewhere, but babysitting right now is like her, her main plan. So she could still enjoy her summer and kind of make some money on the side. But she really, really, really wants to work at a place that sells like boba tea. Like that's her dream. Boba tea. What is, I saw her picture on her birthday or you posted something that said boba and vintage or something like that. All the rage. It looked like, it looked like milk with M&Ms at the bottom of it. Basically, yeah. No, they're, they're giant tapioca pearls and you can get like black ones that are super, super chewy, or you can get, um, other places sell these little kind of bubbles that sit at the bottom that are kind of, remember Gushers guys? Yeah. They're like Uh, Gushers candy. Gushers are currently in my house. Are you serious? They still make them? Yeah. I didn't know they still made them. Yeah. I mean- it's all the rage. Yeah. It's like if you float some again. gushers in some Kool-Aid and call it tea, that's what Boba is. It's all right. delish. And then you have so to have this chew- special straw that like you, like you'll, so, <laughs> so, so the little like, pearls can go up the straw. So it's constantly like, <laughs> like that yeah, sound. Do you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you choke? 
Um, like, no, you don't choke. You if, don't you're choke a, if you're a seasoned consumer of the boba, you do not choke. Yeah. She actually found there's a Vietnamese market where you can buy the pearls and then rehydrate them. Mm. So she'll make it at home sometimes. Wait, wow. so they're not, they're not to be eaten. They are to be eaten. They're oh. tapioca. Can you eat dried boba? No, oh. you don't want to eat them dried. You want to down. rehydrate them in some sort of liquid, but don't overhydrate them or then uh, they're just like mush. They just okay. like turn to dissolve. Adequately hydrated tapioca. Pearls. <laughs> Pearls. What, uh, what got her into this? Because this seems like something I've never heard of. And Chicago. This is a child who grew up in Chicago and grew up going to Vietnamese restaurants where these are very popular. Okay. And that explains it. Yes. Okay. We love to go to like, you know, different international supermarkets all around mm-hmm. the, the city. And one of our favorite places is, I don't, I'm probably going to say it wrong, but it's like Viet Hoa and it's in, Oh um, yeah, I know that. Castleton. Yeah. Do you actually know no. where that is? <laughs> no idea. Never heard of it. Well, and her favorite um, boba place is also in that same lot. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. My favorite thing about those pictures of you guys together. Uh, and I think I told you this uh, of all the pictures there's, there's pictures of you guys together. She's got this straight face in every <laughs> yeah. single picture. There's one, to be here. there's one picture where she's genuinely smiling, oh. but it's the only picture where she's wearing a mask. And so you, can't, <laughs> you can only see her That's, eyes uh, smiling, but you cannot see her actual smile. That is such an accurate representation of Desi at 16. <laughs> I will cherish it forever. Yeah. Um, guys, what's new with me? Yeah. Glad you asked. <laughs> I was uh, going to. <laughs> you sounded like you're ready to make a transition. I spent my Memorial Day weekend uh, entrenched in pickleball. Yes. Pickleball. Have you heard of pickleball? Yes. I cannot picture it. I've heard of it, but I can't like picture it in my mind. Picture a giant ping pong paddle and a mini tennis court and a wiffle ball. And you're basically playing who Some said, version of was tennis. it you who said the other day that it's like, it's like ping pong, it's like human sized ping pong. Was that you that said that? No, I didn't say that, but that so sounds like, about right. How much smaller than a tennis court it's is like, a pickleball court? I don't know. Half the size, but, but like with a net and everything. Yeah, yeah, you play like on a, a tennis net. court, but there's like lines for the inside the tennis court for mm-hmm. the pickleball court. But my wife's entire family is basically playing pickleball every single day. So there's nothing but peer pressure because we've been the only ones who have not engaged in this until now. And so finally getting, I gave in you're getting dominated by your, yeah, your father-in-law. Yeah. Every, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law are just dominating me. Wow. Uh, yeah. So the Foley's Kathy Foley was the chairwoman of our yeah. board last year. Uh, they at their house built an official pickleball court in it's their backyard all the rage because they wanted to be able to play with their neighbors. Yep. So it's a big deal. Um, one way to really make an entrance is when you know, all right, so there's a family member who has a new significant other, mm-hmm. Uh huh. that significant other is a tennis player who didn't tell anyone he was a tennis player until he came <laughs> oh to boy. play oh boy. pickleball oh. and just destroyed everyone. Is that a good strategy? Yeah. If I mean, I would have, uh, if you're I, the new guy in the, I would have held back. I, I would have just let loose. <laughs> He's doing like the tennis, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grunting. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, that's amazing. So that's new. Also, I am official. I can officially put video engineer on my resume yes. oh. and uh, experience. I got a certificate because last weekend I volunteered on the production team. A certificate? Yeah. You did not get a certificate. <laughs> I think Ryan's handing those out now. Because every production volunteer is going, how come I never got yeah, a certificate? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get a certificate, but <laughs> he made himself one. Yeah. Um, it's so funny that it's my first time ever volunteering serving in production and Ryan, who is the senior senior director, director of, production. of production said, I assume, Hey, you want me to run a camera or something, which is also something I've not done. <laughs> and so he's like, no, we're going to, you're going to be video engineer. And I said, Oh, glad you see something in me. <laughs> uh, I, it, video engineer amounts to basically just turning a few knobs to make sure everything's bright or dark enough. Okay. Um, I have a friend who's an actual engineer who goes to grace and I walk out of service and I say, Hey, you and I we're equals. (laughs) (laughs) I have the experience now. Video engineer. You were responsible for like contrast. Yeah. I was moving the the irises in the camera. So if it was ever too dark or too bright, that was my fault. Okay. Okay. Cause I went out to lunch with Ryan and his wife, me and Jed went out with Ryan and and his wife, Brooke (laughs) after, after service at 11. And we were kind of recapping how the weekend went Here we go. and everything was great. But he said, um, I didn't like your sweater. And that's because the, the bottom screen, I guess had like the looking like kind of Roman ruins kind of looking graphic Mm -hmm. across the bottom. And it was kind of dark. And I guess my, my black sweater that I wore made me like fade in Mm. to the background. So was Mm. there, like, did you make me too dark? I don't think that was my fault. Should you have been tweaking the irises? Because I don't think it was my sweater. That sweater is great. That probably was my fault. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That probably was my fault. Uh, I got to tell you though. Cause he's, he's back there calling all the shots for the video mm-hmm. broadcast. It's, it's he's amazing like, to watch. Yeah. yeah. He's like anybody who's camera, done camera one ready. Okay. Ca- take camera one. Uh, all right. I need camera two to focus or zoom in on Jaden on the drums or whatever. He's doing everything without saying, um, like once. <laughs> and I'm sitting there. All I wanted to do was complete a service without him telling me I needed to do something. That's all I wanted to do. Cause it's like, I like internalize it as like super shameful when he's like, Hey, that's a little dark on camera one. Can you turn that up? I'm like, I'm sorry, Ryan. I'm I'm sorry. I'm trying my best. All I wanted was to complete one service without him telling me something was too dark or too bright and I couldn't do it. That's all to say, if you're somebody who loves production. Yes. Or broadcast or want to be an engineer. Or camera operator. Or camera operator. Or none of those things. I if can you do it. Anyone are alive and breathing. Uh, no. Well, that's kind of what I said when I when I arrived. I said, hey, Ryan, your warm body's here. You just got to well, plug I mean, the hole. Because there are some positions that you can be trained the day of. So like the Video first, engineer, turns out. <laughs> video engineer. Video engineer. The first time Jed ran a camera, my husband ran a camera, he showed up on a Saturday morning. He got trained on that camera. He ran that camera yeah. for the service. And now he is a camera expert. Yeah, see? Because yeah. he will say things like, I don't know, camera two is a little shaky today. <laughs> a little shaky. See, if you want to be very judgmental of Grace Church's <laughs> broadcast, there is room for you there's, on this production team. It's an easy way. Yeah. All right. So that's what's new with me. Um, Barry, we're glad you're back Thanks. in the saddle here. I'm glad to be back. And this is much better being in person. Yeah. To be honest. It's it really is. This is great. Yeah. I really. It's really great, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, all right. So we are here because we wrapped up week four of our sermon series focused on Micah and Marin. You're here because you gave us the sermon and I because did. you're a co-host. But, I did it. Uh, can you? <laughs> Merciless. I'm wow. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm merciless. Oh, man. You're a grown-up boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Marin, can you give us the big idea? Anybody who hasn't heard it yet or... Yeah. Anybody who hasn't seen it or heard it yet, can you kind of give us a recap or big idea of what you wanted people to walk away with? Sure. Um, the big idea was the greatest offering that we can give to God is a life lived in line with his intentions for the world. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a long way of saying like that scripture that talks about being a living sacrifice, like to take all of your life and give it as an offering to God. Yeah. Um, which is kind of the distilled essence of the law. We touched on uh, Deuteronomy 10 when Moses first, uh, well, maybe not first when Moses second gave the the 10 commandments <laughs> in the law. Um, and he, he kind of summed it up, you know, be kind mm-hmm. to widows and orphans and love the Lord, your God with all your heart. And that gets echoed in Micah chapter six, um, almost word for word, what does the Lord require of you? It says in Deuteronomy and what does the Lord require of you? It says again in Micah. Um, and so, yeah, that, that list that Micah gives is not an exhaustive list to do justly love mercy and walk humbly with your God, but it is, um, the essence of the law. Yeah. Just those three, three things capture the essence of the law. Yeah. So how, I want before we talk about the actual sermon and the content of it, what this is your fourth. This is sermon number four. Fourth time. What was this whole process like for you? Uh, well, I bought a couch. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Okay. No, I, every time has been different. Um, you know, the first sermon, maybe first and second. Mm-hmm. Um I had a quiet place in my house that I could go to and, and focus. Yeah. I have this box fan that I put like outside the door. White noise. Yeah. Because my son plays the banjo all the time and my daughter <laughs> plays the ukulele all the time. And Jed's mm. constantly shouting at call of duty. And so I really just need <laughs> a quiet the place. Music. The music of the guy friend household. My house is very lively. Oh so I try goodness. to drown out the noise and like get in the zone and focus. Yeah. But um, when little Jay came and stayed with us for a while, we turned our whole house upside down and we moved our guest bedroom to the sunroom and the guest bedroom turned into his bedroom. And so just everything got topsy turvy and I didn't have a, a space anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then the third, I think it was the third time I preached was COVID and that was just recorded in that sunroom. You can even see like the folded up Murphy bed in the background. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so this time was different. I'm like, you know, I need my designated space back. So we, we did just a little bit of work on the guest bedroom, hung some shelves. And finally I had my quiet place, um, which was great. Um, yeah. And I just love to kind of shut myself away with, um, as many different commentaries as I can get my hands on and, um, do a couple of days of researching before I start kind of making an outline in my head and putting things on paper. Um, and this one, was is the word exegetical? This one was just a little bit more like, "Hey, this is what the scripture says. Here's what it means." Am I using the right word? Uh, maybe. Mm, maybe not. What would a non? What would the opposite well, be? Well, I think the opposite is like more topical. Like, you know, I preached on oh, unity I see what you mean. Yes, and yes. you know, just 
Yeah, the, this here, one this I really like, just wanted to passage. break the scripture down. Here's a passage, piece by piece. What does yeah, it you, say to uh, us? Yeah, you're right. Exegetically, yes. You brought the Bible heat. Expository. Yay! That's there the it word. is. There it is. That's the word. We're a lot of Bible heat in this sermon. <laughs> Bible heat. Yeah, you I brought did. the Bible heat. I did, and I, <laughs> I. We don't. We we tend to kind of not want to to do too much or throw too much mm-hmm. at, at the the listener of of the sermon, right? If if you give them too much, they might not remember anything. Speak for yourself. I, <laughs> no, I like, no. I like to give people way too much. I would I would always err on the side of giving people too much yeah. because this stuff geeks me out and it, you're yes. the same way. Like I love that Deuteronomy is practically the same thing yes. as Micah 6 and I love how it took me to Amos and I love how it took me to Hosea and it took yeah. me to Psalm 40 and I could have gone into the New Testament but thought, you know, enough is enough. Just save that yeah. for next time. Keep some <laughs> gas in the tank. Um, but Ryan, again, senior director, <laughs> director mm-hmm. of production, he's like, Marin, I was typing forever. <laughs> well, yeah, because he has to make all the slides. He has to put all those scriptures on slides. I don't know why they can't just do copy paste. <laughs> I don't know. That's always baffled me. I but. don't know, but he was he was giving me a hard time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was I was going to make a comment about that because I was in I was video engineer and he was directing and he's like, all right, this is the first of like 17 <laughs> scripture slides that we're about to do. So just, uh, just be patient and wait for my cues. We're like, okay, geesh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they're all very, very intentional. Mm. And I mean, even some of them, like I could have gone a little bit longer about what the prophet Amos had to say, mm-hmm. because yeah. he says some really cool stuff in that chapter, but I gave you the abridged version. Yeah. That's why, okay, this is why I love preaching from the prophets. Because if you love the Bible, prophets are like the hinge point and everything's connected to it, right? Mm -hmm. It's like New Testament, Old Testament, Genesis, Deuteronomy. It's all like woven in and it all meets in the prophets. So preaching from the prophets is just a blast. Because the prophets remind you often of stuff that's already been said. Yeah. Like Micah, he told you what is good. Right. And so then that begs the question, where did he tell you? And when mm-hmm. did he tell you? Cause mm-hmm. he did tell you, Yeah, you know? It, yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, okay. So you, you're really good at like putting us in a scene and this particular week's scene was a courtroom drama. Yes. Which it sounds like you really like. I do. I do. Are we talking like, Judge Judy. We're talking like I wish I had the Law and Order gavel sound. Like, chung, chung. oh, that was I awesome. wanted that so bad. <laughs> I could never have done that. I wanted that virtually. so bad. And like the Law and Order font that's like red and blue. I wanted to like write the words covenant lawsuit in that Law and oh. Order font. <laughs> yes. <laughs> boom, boom. Um, have you seen every Law and Order? Like, Law and um, Order, I do love, Kansas. I love, <laughs> no. Law and Order, Plains of Kansas. <laughs> yeah. My mom used to watch like Lenny Briscoe, like the old school, like early nineties Law and Order. That's, mm. that's my jam. Yeah. And my grandmother loved like Columbo. She loved Perry Mason. This is going way over your head, but this is like grandma's loved this, All right. this style of courtroom drama. Do you Judge have a Wattner, favorite one right now? Currently, you know, no, I mean, I watch a lot of like, Dateline or something that like yeah. walks you through like, and then they caught the criminal and then this is how the court case went. And then here's the verdict. Like I can just eat a bag of Cheetos yeah. and watch that stuff and be <laughs> thrilled. That's like, that's, that's my board game. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> um, but if, uh, so you're, you, you say, you know, turn to your Bibles and or your app or whatever. <clears throat> and I'm reading this. I kind of try, I, I typically just, jump ahead. Mm. And so when I'm, especially if 
Ryan's telling me there's a bunch of slides coming. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm reading a little bit ahead and, um, I'm so glad you did that because you, I'm so glad you did the courtroom thing because I, I probably wouldn't have picked up on that. Is that something that, uh, you studied and learned or is that just like, because you love this, it be, it's just so natural to you. How did you, how did you decide on that imagery? Well, you can kind of, even if you just read the passage without having commentaries open in front of you, you can hear it. The Lord has a complaint. He has a case against his people. Yeah. So, after you say it, I'm like, oh yeah, it makes total sense. But right. No, but yeah. that's why I love doing these deep dives and these studies because the commentaries, people who have gone before and done the hard work of digging and studying really does help bring some of these passages to life in a new way. Mm -hmm. I learned the phrase covenant lawsuit while I was studying to put this message together and then finding out that covenant lawsuit speeches exist elsewhere in the Bible. And then again, yeah. if you're a, if you're a glutton for cross referencing, like I am, then you look all of them up yeah. and then you're like, I want to make slides for all of them. Yeah. I don't want to leave a single one out. So no, elsewhere in the Bible, he, he brings his charges against the people of Israel and it'll be something like you have, you know, forgotten your first love or you've worshiped other gods. You've been unfaithful to mm. me. And mm. you know, he rattles off a list of all the ways in which they have broken the covenant and they're in breach of contract. Basically mm -hmm. you did this, 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 and this, you know? So the Israelites take God to court. Yeah. In, in, in this scenario, they do. Um, yeah. Cause the they're tired of it. They're over it. Right. They're that over. was, that was so, something that was really interesting to hear you say that, yeah. that God is the defendant. Yes. And the, and the prosecutor, because his tone is mm. so different. Um, in, in this particular scripture, my people, what have I done to you? What have I done to make you tired of me? Answer me. New King James. <laughs> <laughs> that might be, I, I did use a couple of different, I'm sorry. Am I supposed to stick to NLT like all the time forever? I, I mean, I might've snuck an NASB in there. Is that okay? Oh man. Oh, <laughs> no, it's fine. It's as long as it's over. labeled. Do you have it labeled I up there? I did have it labeled. See? <laughs> I, most people don't. I had one person email me like, what translation are you guys even using? Cause I cannot figure it out. And I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. It's the, yeah. it's the house Bible man's MLT. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So he, he is, he's on the defensive here when he says, what have I done to you? Mm -hmm. What have I done to make you tired of me? And then he goes into a list of here's all the stuff I've done. I rescued you this time. I rescued you this other time. Remember yeah. Balaam? I rescued you then, you know, he, he kind of gives a list of reasons Mm -hmm. as to why and how he has only ever loved them and rescued mm -hmm. them and saved them. How, how could you be weary of me? It's so interesting for someone like me who, this is the first time I've ever read this, just being honest. <laughs> uh, it's so interesting for me to read that the, like he, God gives them four examples of how he's delivered them, mm -hmm. the Israelites. Mm. And I'm reading this, and when I read that pa passage, that particular part of the passage about God telling them what he's done, I guess I'm just unhealthy enough to be like, this sounds like manipulation. Hmm. Like if, if it's grace then he shouldn't be holding this over their head, hmm. like, look what all these things I've done. You need to love me. Why wouldn't you love me? Look at all this thing, all these things I've done for you. Why do you, hmm. well, but it sounds but like, it sounds like he's responding to them saying, 
I know he's got a case against his people, yeah. but in the next verse, basically they're like, what do you, what else do you want? God, we yeah. give you this and give you this, which makes it sound like God, you're not coming through for us. Right. And he's like, let me tell you how I have come through for you. Yeah. Right. They're so the ones being, so they're the ones being manipulative Yeah, in, in that they think that they can buy or manipulate him, just buy him off yeah. to show them favor. Okay. We do this. We give you the sacrifices. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What I'm saying is I'm, I'm really glad because someone like me reading this, I, I see manipulation and then Marin shines a light on it and you're like, actually here's what it is. Mm. They, they are, they are taking him to trial and it, it, it makes everything better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just interesting that if, if I hadn't heard this message <clears throat> and I'm just reading through this, I would have got, I would have read it all wrong, I guess. Hmm. Well, you'd, you'd have to, when he says things, cause this is, this can be a list where there's a lot to miss when he says, um, I redeemed you from slavery and I sent Moses, Aram and Miriam to help you. Yeah. It's easy to be like, okay, who were those guys? Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. You have to stop yeah. and go back and again, do some more reading. Why? What is Acacia would, Grove to Gilgal? Right. Even the way he says, I sent Moses, like these are people from other lands mm-hmm. that were sent into Egypt yeah. to rescue the Israelites. Like God orchestrated that whole thing yeah. to bring about their deliverance. Um, and then the Balak of Moab and Balaam, some of Baor. I had to go reread the story of Balaam because all I remembered was a talking donkey. <laughs> right. But I'm like, what was that about? And so even that was like, this is why it takes a couple days to study this stuff yeah. because I get, I get lost in, yeah. in going so backwards I had to get a couch. and forwards. You had to lay down after yes. all the, yeah. <laughs> and a big old box fan. <laughs> <laughs> and Acacia Grove to Gilgal. That's probably my favorite. Um, it's, it's basically taking them from one side of the Jordan river to the other. And so that's, there's, there's a lot of events mm-hmm. between there, which if you were an Israelite at the time, you would have known Oh yeah, I do remember Acacia Grove and then, oh, right. He did, he did help us cross the Jordan, right. you know, and then battle of Jericho. Right. But now we sitting here in 2021, it's, it, it doesn't just immediately register with yeah. us the way it would have yeah, registered yeah. with them. So we have to do the work of going back and realizing, um, you know, what that rescue was about. Yeah. And I loved that word, uh, Gilgal, um, that meant to roll and that mm-hmm. God, once he brought them to the other side of the Jordan, rolled away their shame, of all of those shameful years of worshiping other gods and uh, ultimately finding themselves enslaved. Mm-hmm. So they, they eventually say, basically, what do you want? Like, what, what do you want us to do? Yeah, what, what, what do you want us to do? What? What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the fundamental answer to that question, what is Marin Gaffer t- trademark? <laughs> <laughs> do justly love yes. mercy, walk humbly with your God. And so can't you just hear Micah's exasperation? He's already told you what. Yeah. Right. He's already told you what, I mean, and, and the way that that list escalates from, you know, burnt offerings to sacrificing their firstborn children, which of course is a precursor to God sacrificing his own son. But like that list there, it doesn't even seem like they're taking any of this seriously. (laughs) You know, what do you want? You want us to do this? How about 10,000 rivers of oil? You know? Um, and you can just hear it in Micah's response. He's, he's already showed you what, you know, isn't it? I, I find this with my kids sometimes. And I think this is just a human response to something. If I'm like, Hey, will you, uh, 
you know, do the dishes. It's very simple. And then if they don't do the dishes, but they're like, well, I mean, I swept the floor. I'm like, but I didn't ask you to sweep the floor. I told you to do <laughs> well, the dishes. At least they did something. You know, and that's kind of what the Israelites are doing here. Yeah. He's already told you what to do. You won't do the one thing he told you to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. live with integrity what and do you love want me your to neighbor. Do? What do you want me to do, Mom? Deep clean the bathroom? Is that what you want me to <laughs> you want me to like trim all the hedges? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Just, I, I told you. Do the dishes. What is good? Do the dishes justly. Usually in my house, it goes like this. It's like, uh, on a Tuesday, Lauren will say, hey, can you empty the dishwasher? And I'll say, yes. And then I'll forget <laughs> that she said that. You're like, technically, yes, I, I am able. <laughs> and then Friday, she's like, can you do something? Like, I feel like I'm, I'm doing everything. And I'll say, what do you want me to do? And she'll say, and she'll just look at me silently. And then she'll go, look around. Yeah. Ooh. I've already told you. I've already told <laughs> all you. All week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, got it. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. So do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. You said that this means basically just be more like God, which is way easier said than done. And you, mm-hmm. um, you acknowledge that and you say, loving mercy takes guts Mm -hmm. doing justly takes bravery doing what it what doing what is right takes sacrifice and walking humbly is counter-cultural i was actually very proud of you for knowing what cancel culture was oh my word i don't live (laughs) under a rock tyler bender how dare you right (laughs) yeah so um is this easier said than done i mean i know it is but like do we know anybody that's my question. Do you guys know anybody that does justly loves mercy and walks humbly? Absolutely. I you do. do. Absolutely. Sure. I do. Talk about them. Um, the, the, the first people that come to mind are some older seasoned saints, um, who've been practicing this, you know, for 40 years or more. Um, and again, is it easier said than done? Maybe initially, but I think that this is something we practice. This is a lifestyle. And as you, learn to, I love the word walk as you learn to just put one foot in front of the other and just walk every day Mm -hmm. doing justly and loving mercy. I think it does become easier because that's just how you live and breathe to reflect Jesus and and be more like him. So the the first people that come to mind when you ask that question are people like, Mm -hmm. you know, pastors that I know, or, um, I used to travel and do music and, and there are a couple of musicians that come to mind that have been you know, doing basically musical evangelism for decades and they're still doing it, you know, just faithfully and very humbly, not in it for themselves, just spreading the gospel and walking humbly. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What I about think, you? Well, I mean, I think of people like the late Ron Bowman, uh, mm-hmm. Amy Christie's dad, who just he was always just a, just a humble, constantly merciful, kind presence. And he's mm-hmm. just that, that's the kind of person that comes to mind. And are you just tweaking my settings right yeah, now? Yeah. Both I'm, of us. Yeah. Cause I'm you like, you have no idea how hearing weird, that is. weird audio <laughs> tweaks as Goodness. I'm going. Um, oh, you can hear it? Yes. Oh, I can hear it. I feel like all of a sudden my intake of breath is yeah. getting so I'm intense. Like, Man, my voice is so guttural. <laughs> well, I was comparing my levels to yours. <laughs> and Ladies and gentlemen, executive producer of Queen Sundays. <laughs> I got new stuff. I need to figure out how to use it while I'm using it. The other people that come to mind are are the the staff and volunteers at Mission to Ukraine. They mm. popped into my head first when I first went out there. And I know I talk about them all the time, but I was just blown away at just how 
how much they genuinely loved to be merciful and just all the time. Like they were giving up so much of their life and their energy and their time for children with special needs that frankly could not reciprocate. They yeah. had no ability to pay them back. And yet they constantly did it. And they, I mean, they, they were humble because it was like the kind of work they were doing was actually looked down upon in by their society. Most of the women, my breath is just so loud. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Uh, right. Most of, most of the, the women <laughs> who worked there, I mean, they, they weren't married and it was like, I guess men in Jatomer were looking for other kinds of women that wouldn't want to spend their time helping people, but just mm. being at home. And, and that was like a sacrifice they were willing to make. Anyway, it was, those are the people I think of when I think of like, yeah. And it's the work of their life. Yeah. Like yeah. they are great examples of what it means to put your entire life on the altar. Yes. They are giving their lives to the cause of Christ by serving the mm. poor and the mm. needy. Yeah. Yeah. It was a walk, a lifetime walk of mm. humility. Mm-hmm. Who do you think of? Well, now that you bring them up, I, that <laughs> do I steal yours. Yeah. You stole mine. Sorry. <gasps> <laughs> I, I didn't change much. Maybe I thing. just started thinking, maybe I just started noticing it. <laughs> this is good pot right here. Oh yeah, this is really good. It's all right. Just keep going. We'll power through. No, I, 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 I asked you guys because I wanted to picture somebody like mm. I wanted to picture what this is in everyday life. Cause I certainly know I, I don't feel like I feel capable or qualified or I don't feel like I love mercy and do justly all the time. Mm-hmm. I, sometimes I, you know, I feel like I, I put effort into that, but I don't know that I feel like that's just like, um, a rhythm or, or like natural at this point in my mm-hmm. life. And maybe it will be, but, um, I, well, I do think, Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think it, it's also something that grows as you do it. Mm-hmm. It's like you, when you are practicing justice, you come to love mercy because you're in people's lives. You're watching God's yeah. hand at work. And so, yeah. My yeah. natural thing right now still is when I'm doing justice, I lack mercy. Mm. In what sense? In like, I go for the underdog. And uh-huh. so therefore I have, I want no mercy for the overdog, the, <laughs> the oppressor or whatever. Yeah. Like whatever. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I guess, yeah. Mercy. Jesus did teach us to love our enemies. So he's yeah. saying he's taking it to that level. Yeah. No, for sure. But and, well, and that there's hope for redemption, even for those enemies. You know, I, I said, God's God will execute his judgment but his ultimate aim is to restore, mm. you know? And so I think it's, we see it in the Psalms where, where people pray or psalmists will mm-hmm. pray that their enemies will be destroyed, you know? Um, but then Jesus did come and tell us to pray for those who persecute us yeah. and for yeah. those who use us. So, um, but then there's the kind of mercy that's like showing, showing forgiveness and mercy to someone who has wronged you. And I think that's what I was referring to when I said it takes guts. Um, mm. And I, I too could, could kind of lean more toward the justice side of like, no, you wronged me. And so therefore you are experiencing, you know, the coldness of my banishment, feel the consequences, you know, (laughs) but I am out of balance. I'm out of line because I'm not leaning into mercy at all. And so that's kind of what brought me to asking the question, what if we actively looked for opportunities to forgive? Maybe next time 
somebody offends us or wrongs us or hurts us, Micah 6, 8 will come to mind and we will challenge ourselves to choose mercy instead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Over the years, we've done this almost four years, the show. And throughout the years, I've given a couple examples of when you know you've made it. (laughs) Like- you know you've made it when you have a uh, a dishwasher that's a drawer or something. No, that, no. <laughs> it's a microwave drawer. Microwave yeah. drawer. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. You pull like your microwave out in a drawer. You have made it. <laughs> if you have a refrigerator where the freezer is a bottom drawer, oh, you've made it. My freezer top top shelf. <laughs> I still have ways to go. Uh, when you get on a an air, I'm just trying to think of all the things I've said. When you get on an airplane and you turn left. Instead of right, you've made made it. it. You've made it. When you get your name shouted out in a sermon, (laughs) you've made it. And I have arrived. (laughs) Tell us. (laughs) Maren shouted me out over the in the sermon. She said, uh, she said my name and coworker. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I remember. Sorry. In the context of the podcast. I remember where we were standing when you first asked me. If I would think about being part of this podcast, your exact words were, I've got plans for you. (laughs) (laughs) Where were we? The bookstore? No, we were right here. No, we were right outside this green room. We were right here. We had left a design team meeting. We walked out that way. We Uh hadn't even made it to the sanctuary yet. And you said, I've got plans for you. Yeah. And I didn't even know you knew my name. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't sound like me. (laughs) (laughs) That was, that was. I mean, it was crazy because I didn't know you either. And I remember Tyler and I, I kept saying, well, he, he and I kept talking like, wouldn't it be cool if we did like a podcast or something? Mm-hmm. He's like, I've been thinking the same thing. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. And, and then we're like, well, who would host it? And I was like, can I host it, please? Can I please be a part of it? Yeah. I was like really eager to be a part of it. And then we're like, well, we need someone else. that's not like us. Yeah. <laughs> and well, I was like, what about marriage? You She's found cool. someone mm-hmm. who's not like you. <laughs> I do remember... <laughs> not knowing what I was doing, like with the intro and outro. Yeah. Like there's a couple shows back in the archives of just like <laughs> complete off the rails. And so when you, when I said we need a closing, I don't know how to do it or I don't know what I want to do. And you, this just came out of your mouth. Like it wasn't like, let me think about this. Mm-mm. It was just right on the spot. Did you know what you were doing or were you just like, this is catchy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I remember the moment and I remember it this, I mean, I don't want to sound too like lofty or churchy. Sometimes when the Holy spirit speaks to me, it's like he drops something into my mind that comes out of my speech, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it was a moment like that of like, Oh yeah. Do justly love mercy. I'm glad you asked. Cause I've been waiting for somebody (laughs) to ask me this my whole life. Yeah. And as you know, I thought you made that up. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you made that up for probably a year. Oh my goodness. Um, Oh my goodness. But yeah, I had no idea when you said it, like the significance of it. And I certainly didn't know the significance of it in your life. And so it was really cool to get kind of the, and I didn't know it was a song and I, (laughs) uh, I didn't read it in the Bible. Okay. Uh, 
that's, it, that's why I sang the song. Cause like yeah. sometimes I feel bad that people think I've got all this Bible knowledge, but it's really just because I was lucky enough to like learn the scripture through song. Right. It's yeah. all songs, right? All the, most all the of it is songs. Yeah. Really? A lot of it is songs. I grew up on hymns. I went to church with my grandparents. I went to church with my parents. And, mm-hmm. and then, I mean, there was never a point where I, I, I like, but I don't know any of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I don't know. I just have like a, a, broad spectrum of experience when it comes to church music. And so I feel like that's been, that's really served me well in bringing scriptures to mind when I need them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're keeping the tradition alive. Dad is a singing preacher. He sings (laughs) periodically in his messages. So I'm not going to do that. So I'm glad glad that you're uh, keeping that alive. Well, it did remind me of the time. I don't think you were preaching, but you did pop out of the choir and did like a rap. Yeah, it wasn't out of the choir, was it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, no, not a rap. It was like a, the spoken word thing yeah, at yeah. Easter. Yeah, that was pretty that cool. was like a rap. That was pretty cool. I mean, it wasn't a rap. <laughs> it's spoken word. It's hey, different. If this is Hebrew poetry, that was a rap. <laughs> okay, all right. I mean, it wasn't like rhythmic. Anyway, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, you just popped out of the choir with a spoken with, word. With no beard. Yeah. That's all I remember. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, anything else on... on the sermon here when are you preaching next end of july i'm scheduled to preach at the end of july okay but but anything else for this one (laughs) (laughs) no i mean the scripture in this one really speaks for itself yeah um and i do love how simple the lord makes it for us Mm -hmm. um what does he require of us it's not you know so many other religions or pagans, you know, climb the highest mountain, sacrifice this living thing or or whatever, just all of the seemingly impossible, like trying to reach nirvana by starving yourself or, or whatever. Like that is not what our God requires of us. Mm. When you think about these words, do justly love mercy and walk humbly. Could he have made it more simple? It's basically be a, a decent human being, but do it with my love in your heart. Yeah. And then we get to the New Testament and it's the greatest of these is love. Mm. And so doesn't that just sum up everything? Well, yeah. Like Jesus himself, you look at his life. How would you describe it? Well, he did justice. He loved mercy and he walked humbly. That's who right. he was. And all he asked his followers was follow me. Yeah. And so it's like, it really is simple. Yeah. Love your neighbor as yourself. You yeah. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and your soul and your mind. So if, if, if they can just remember the, the, the essence of this message, do justly love mercy, walk humbly. That's it. That's all I could ask for. Yeah. Okay. Where do we go next? Ooh, new series, everybody get pumped. (laughs) We're going to the new Testament. We're going to look at the book of acts all summer. We're doing nine weeks looking at different uh, moments in the book of acts that help us understand what the church is, what we're up against, what um, what the message is that we're trying to get across. So I think it's going to be great. And this weekend we are starting, kicking it off with a little glimpse at the church at its best in Acts 2.42. If you could kind of give like, what if, the, if Micah is Hebrew poetry, what is Acts? Acts is... Is it like history? Yes, sort of. It is a... So there was a guy named Theophilus. He was a wealthy Jewish, likely Jewish 
patron who was probably new in his faith and wanted to understand. I'm talking about this in my message this weekend, but he wanted to understand what what is going on with this whole Jesus thing mm-hmm. and like, why are so many Gentiles being a part of the church and what's happening? And so he hires this guy, this like really educated dude named Luke to compile the whole story. And so Luke puts together two giant scrolls, the biggest scrolls you could buy at the time, which turned into the, what we call the gospel of Luke and the book of acts. And it tells the whole story of Jesus coming to this earth. He connects it all to the old Testament talks about how Jesus fulfills everything that the law and the prophets and the Psalms, all of it was all about. He, you know, came, taught, lived, died, rose again. And then the book of acts follows the story of him sending out his followers to take the message of what Jesus had to say to the world. So would it be helpful to read Luke and Acts like back to back? It is. Honestly, it is. It's a lot. It's a lot to read. Um, yeah. So for this series, I think it's probably okay to just look at the book of Acts. But if you ever want to do like some comparison, read Luke and Acts together and you'll see some threads mm. that you probably didn't realize were connected. Mm. But it's really interesting. Even if you look at the way that they end, he ends one, he ends Luke by saying, Jesus is teaching his uh, disciples at the coast with the fish and the, all that stuff. He's teaching them and he says, Hey, uh, I fulfilled all the stuff that came before all the law and the prophets fulfilled in me. Now you're going to, and I brought salvation to everyone. The whole world can have salvation. Just repent from, of their sins and turn to me. They've got it all. You're going to be my witnesses and you're going to tell the whole world about that. And then it picks up an act at the very beginning. He says, you're going to be my witnesses and you're going to go into all the world and, and, take my, be my witnesses. And so mm. it's just, you can see these, like, yeah. you can see how it's all connected and follow the threads and it's great. Cool. All right. You're preaching this weekend. That's right. Okay. So we'll, uh, we'll be back next week. Next week's kids camp. Hey, everybody. Do you guys, are you guys doing anything? For kids I'm just camp? floating mm-hmm. schmoozing. I'm going to probably floater. goof off <laughs> with the kids and run around. Are you? When they do like spirit days, I like to like, you know, crazy hair day. Like yeah. Like yeah. I love it. Okay. I'm checking kids in, so I'll see you. I'll see all the friends of the pod there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll be back next week. But until then, Marin, one more time, <laughs> will you give us the uh, trademarks sign off? It would be my honor. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. 